0: I said to Jess like I think we could do this and when she said she was like all in I finished training one day she sent me a logo and half the business plan and I'm like, like she's like serious about this.
1: It's funny because we've actually ticked off pretty much everything that we said we would do on that plan and anytime I say that I'm going to do something I'm going to do it. People are underestimating me because they've done it my whole life.
0: I didn't have a plan B. I still don't and I like to just know that Mr Potato is all I've got and I'm going to make it work. The first quote to build the store was like 50 grand we had like $5. Jess is like we'll just build it ourselves and I'm like I I can't even change its real bit we
1: second guess ourselves so much you know and and society does that to us you know it was ballsy like they honestly laughed at us they're like well it's nice to just dream big and do all that
0: I was happy like to get the one store going you know we've sold 20 in total now for us that's just massive growth if we can get mr potato in every single city in the world that'd be that's the goals yeah hey i'm jess davis and i'm tyson hoffman (laughs) and
1: this is the life money and love podcast
2: just quickly before we get started guys if you've been enjoying the podcast can i please ask that you consider leaving a five-star review and subscribing whatever platform you've been listening it really helps the podcast grow all right, let's jump in and we got Tyson Hoffman and Jeff Davies, the founders of Mr. Potato- is Davies, you looked at me funny. Davis, right? Davis. Davis, Davis all right, Davis. good start. All right, Jess, <laughs> let's do that again. Jess Davis. Uh no, nah, the, the founders of Mr. Potato, which is like your modern spin on the traditional baked potato, like a healthy uh, option for your fast food. Uh, restaurants now. I'm going to put you on the spot. First question, guys. It's a serious question and something I'm seriously invested in. Yeah. I saw that Mister Potato Newtown store <laughs> pop up a couple months ago, and I was so excited, and it still hasn't opened. <laughs> Give me an update. When when is this opening?
0: Oh man, there's been yeah. yeah you go ahead. Well,
1: literally should be open in like three weeks. From oh, now. genuinely. Yeah. L- yeah like genuinely. The build just started last week, but yeah, we didn't realize how mm. like intricate the process mm. is in Sydney getting like DA's approved, and it's in a Heritage conservation area, yeah. so you've got to go through all these approvals just to change just the Just to change paint the, on the paint
0: outside. it's yellow at the front to change it to white has been really? like a three month process. And it looks <laughs> like, horrible at the But moment, they, they just so did
2: that before, you yeah. know, they just renoed it before. Yeah. And yeah.
0: They, they chose that yellow to fit the area. But so uh, now yeah. we wanna change it to white and we had we like pink and green like this. We yeah, had tiles yeah, yeah. kind of, they want them uniform, neat. It's just how they want it to be. So yeah. just getting approvals when I think there's like a thousand other people in city trying to do things as well. It's oh, like month delays. The process
1: so. is just a nightmare. But anyway, we're, we've got the DA now. so <laughs> It was started. supposed to be
0: open in like August. Yeah, that's how <laughs> yeah. I was like, it's now what's now going like, on? Can we get open before Christmas is the plan? <laughs> so,
1: Yeah.
0: That um, no, f- first of December is like when we're going to open the doors, do like a soft open at this stage, and then it's going to be like a grand opening on the seventeenth of December. Yeah, I yeah. Think.
1: free spud day. So there we go. Can go I'll, down be there. There.
2: Yeah. I'll be there. I'll be yeah. there. For what it's worth, I think you've picked a good spot for yep. your type of product oh. in Newtown. Like we it, did a lot. Of, re- we really did, really did a well. lot of
0: research, and we try to see who's doing really well with the similar concepts. And we are going to pick Bondi, Parramatta. We're going to pick like North yeah. Sydney. We found Newtown seems to be the spot to do the first one and and to do it well, we think this will be it.
1: Yeah, it was funny because the franchisees that have actually got that store, they didn't want to do that location. Yeah, the reason
0: was, is like Guzman Gomez and – El Jana are so busy that there's no way that we'll be that busy. And we were like, guys, it's yeah. actually really good that they're pumping. Yeah. And they're like, oh, then they'll kinda of, they shied away from it. But
1: like it's a good thing that the businesses oh, there are for busy. Sure. Like I was like, they're now gonna their customers will find out. Exactly. Who we are, yeah. And yeah.
2: especially as like your first one in, in Sydney. What an awesome opportunity. Yeah. It's such you're honestly not gonna find a higher foot traffic area than Newtown. Like yeah. Yeah. genuinely, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah.
0: I we found we're that I, ca- I came in here last <laughs> last night for dinner just to have a look, mm. and I went to a little place called I think it was a little Italian restaurant called the Italian Bowl or something.
2: Uh, yeah, famous was, in Newtown, yeah, I yeah. Pump,
0: like I'm talking like seventy people, they line yeah. up and they're just flowing, flowing. I'm like, wow, mm. this is the spot. So, yeah. fingers crossed, we're hoping this goes well, well. Like
2: there's um there's across the road there's this little random place like it's like a Mexican sushi slash taco yeah, fusion, I and it. I thought that was such a weird idea. Yeah. But even they're doing all right, so oh, I think with you, you guys. We'll do pretty cool. well. Um, yep. So, yeah, I'm really keen for that because I think it's going to be such good food. And I'll get into kind of more of the Mr. Potato stuff with you guys and how that all happened. But I think to do that, um, we've got to rewind a little bit, talk about where you guys were in life before, what you guys were doing, yep. and then obviously how you met and then how that turned into the business. But yep. can you both tell me, I don't mind who wants to start first, what got you guys it, were Jesse. doing in, <laughs> in life before, um, before Mr. Potato and this whole journey?
1: Um, well, I was literally mod- modelling, sorry, for like – probably 15 years. So I started when I was about 14. I moved to Sydney completely alone when I was 16 years old. Um, Started the journey from there and then kind of went on the overseas circuit. So um, I actually went all through Asia, first of all, um, then over to Europe, did some time in America, Um, got to work with like insane, amazing brands and things like that. Um, But then came back to Australia when I was about 21. And just wanted to have like a sense of normality to my life. Um, you know, so I went and got a job, just a normal job. I was actually, I was working at rent Low. Do you know what rent is? She tells me
0: about it. I haven't heard of rent It's no. like
1: a place where you can go and like basically rent furniture and um. Like What's, where Where is this? Back in Sydney again? In or? Adelaide. Oh, Adelaide so I, went yeah. back, I went fully back to Adelaide to be like a normal Adelaide girl. And I think I lasted probably like... A year there. I got into like a relationship, which was like my first serious relationship. And then about a yeah, probably a year in, I was like, I'm I'm destined for more. Like I'm not, I'm just I'm not cut out for this just like nine to five lifestyle. Like I really I knew that I wanted to do something different. And I actually launched my first business, I think at the age of 21 then. Wow. Um, which was in the modeling industry. So I actually was running a model search, so it's called Australian Super supermodel of the year. And um, so the production was running in Australia for the first three years. And then as we were talking before, so I got on a plane one day and went on a holiday um, to Bali and went with some friends and literally ended up staying three years. <laughs> like, What was
2: it about Bali that made you stay?
1: I don't know. Like I'd been through a breakup and it was just one of those breakups where you just can't let go. And, you know, you just keep going back to each other and it just got to a point where I was like, I just need to escape from all of this. Like it was impossible for me to kind of date in Adelaide or in Australia without like someone going, oh, yeah." You know, it, it was just really frustrating. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, ended up in Bali, moved the business and the most of the production to Bali as well. So we used to fly like 20 models over there every year, shoot like video content, photos and stuff for a week. They do events and like runway shows. Um, and I did that for seven years in total that business. Um, and then how old was I 28 when I met you? I
0: was, what's the the age gap? (laughs) Four years. Four years. Yeah, I was 24. Yeah. Yeah, So you twenty 28. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So 28 years old, I was actually back in Adelaide, um, Another one of those times where I was like, okay, I've done Bali for three years now. It's, you know, time for me to go back home and have a bit more normality. And yeah, I met Tyson. We'd met a few times over the previous years through like mutual friends if I was ever visiting back home and stuff. Never liked each other. Yeah.
0: Like. <laughs> I put Jess under the stereotype that she's like, she's a model. She'll be materialistic. She won't be down to earth. But I was like, it's my fault. I shouldn't have done that. But I just thought, no, nah, I won't want a bar of her. That's what I thought. Yeah. I didn't even know her. I saw her on like Instagram. Yeah, make those quick yeah. judgments. Yeah. Just yeah. silly of me, but I just put her in that basket. And then, um, yeah, one of my friends, like this is how we met. One of my friends was modeling for that model search that she was running. He was a really good friend of mine. He is a really good friend of mine. Um he said, Oh mate, like let's go to this bar, I'll pick you up and he picks me up and he, he calls past Jess's house because he was sitting. I think
1: we're gonna do the G rated version of this story. There so is there's he another called, version but he, we'll
0: He leave. calls past Jess's
2: house. I mean feel free to spice it up. Uh, as as it, much yeah, as you want. I'll, yeah, I'll say as much as I can.
1: Well he <laughs> first of all our mutual friend picked him up in my car. So like my
0: mate didn't have much money at the time. He rolls up in this Audi into the like the the sunroof up. And I'm like, bro, whose car is that? He's like, it's my man. Get in. I was like, it's not fucking your car. There's no way it's your car. And we're driving. I was thinking, whose car is this? And we pull into this house. We roll up. Um, Me and my mate, Um, we're about on the way to the bar. And he had to call into this house. And it was Jess's house. And I was like, we're sitting up the top of the stairs. And Jess walks up the stairs and was like, the hell are you doing here? And I was like, what the fuck are we doing here? I <laughs> yeah. don't know. Yeah. Um, and then me, we all got in the car, went to went to this bar in Adelaide called the Mosley. We're walking up the stairs. Keep in mind I've got her in this basket as like materialistic and like blah blah blah. We walk upstairs and Jess goes, Oh, I've lost my card, I don't have my wallet. And I bumped my mate, I'm like, Fuck this girl, man. She's like saying she doesn't have her purse or no, whatever, you know. That but but the really, big my wallet. mate lost her card because he used it to buy something. So it yeah. actually was truthful. We roll up to this club. Uh, I was—it's just a bar—and my two mates left early, like within five minutes with girls. They left, and I was like sitting next to Jess. We're still not even talking or anything like that. And Jess's <laughs> friends are like, "Oh, well, this is boring. Let's go." And Jess is like, like just out of sympathy, she's like, "We're leaving. Do you want to come or like, what are you gonna do?" And I was like, "Fuck, I'm here by myself." <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> I guess I'll come. Else. She and got, still, the yeah, got the sympathy <laughs> invite. Got the sympathy invite. We go back to Jess's um, place. Those like those guys went to bed. We sat on the balcony had a few wines and just started talking. And I was like, fuck, this girl is actually down to earth. She's mm. not like what I thought. She's lived so like she's lived so many lives. It's freaking awesome. And then from that day, we kind of spent every day together. Yeah. Seven days after that, pretty much, I said to Jess, because I was playing professional basketball at the time, I was cooking sweet potato and chicken every single day. It's like, you know, that's what they pump into you because slow release carb, it's good for energy and you got like a lean protein chicken. So I'm cooking that like all the time. And I'm sick of waiting like an hour for it to cook every day. And I just said to Jess, I don't know how, but I would love to start a healthy baked potato joint. I think it would do really well. I know all of my athlete mates would eat it. I'm sick of getting Mexican and stuff all the time and blah, blah, blah. Um, And Jess is like, you know what? That's a fucking great idea. And I was like, I don't actually know if it's going to work. She's like, no, no, no. We're doing this. And then like a month and a half later, um, like during that time, we wrote a business plan and a month and a half later, I quit basketball. She sold her modeling business to – her biggest sponsor the, the company's still going now we just went all in and we were just um had absolutely because we didn't have any background in food yeah. we had absolutely we had no, no idea, idea what, we were doing. what we were doing we're trying to order <laughs> stock we're getting stock from Coles and Woolworths like we're getting like going about things so like we pretty much built the store ourselves because we had no funds at the start Yeah, did like as much as we could without like electrical and plumbing we couldn't really do but yeah. We did as much as we can. We didn't have air cons because we couldn't afford it. We just opened the doors thinking we'd get, like, realistically, no money on marketing, no no background, just our personal networks. We thought maybe five to ten customers the first day. The first day we had 100 people come through. That was literally it was a line like, It's, it, it's cool to door. say that, but it's like we didn't know how to handle we like five little We had no alone, idea what we were doing. What, so,
2: what, what, what was it? How did you get 100 people there? Like, I what think, did you do? I think –
0: like my network's not that big. I knew a couple of pro athletes. That's about it. I told them about it, obviously. Jess yeah. had a big, bigger following in um, Adelaide. I think it helped heaps. Like yeah. just they followed the little journey of us building the store and yeah. things like yeah. that. So you they,
2: documented that process? Yeah. Or
0: not yeah. like really well, but we posted about it here and there. Um, yeah. The second store we documented pretty well.
1: but Yeah. And then I also like reached out, which I had no idea the impact it would have, but I reached out to like the local newspaper because they'd always yeah. done stories on me and things. And they did like a segment in there about us opening, and uh, that was actually after maybe a few, or maybe a week of us being open, but that we literally had so many people come through from that and we're like, wow, the power of PR, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we time. just, yeah, especially but we, but in I Adelaide, think, you I didn't really know how much of an effect that would have in a food business as mm. well. But... Like,
0: honestly, Adelaide's h- the hardest market to please. There's only a million people there compared to other other cities. That's and it's not that really many.
1: conservative as well. Like people don't want to go outside of their normal Things and you know, take. is there
2: many like vegans and vegos and stuff in Adelaide? Like,
1: surprisingly, yes, there is. the vegan um, the vegan market population and like the re- like just the amount of restaurants and things that cater for it, I think is actually better than Sydney. It's actually been a struggle really? moving yep. here. Um, everywhere, I mean, found for like for now, years yeah. now, there's
0: been vegan menus everywhere or vegan yeah. options everywhere. Any pub
1: that you go to, yeah, any cafes, like either you know, has a full vegan menu or like caters to vegans. When but, we've
0: when we first started it, we we wanted yeah. to cater for vegans, we had options, we thought we got maybe maybe five to seven percent of sales were vegan, like wow. not that many. Yeah. But now it's like 35 to 40%. Mm. It's not straight vegans. Like, yes, there's heaps of there's heaps of them and we love them. But it's also people that just want to reduce meat for one time. Like they're yeah, eating yeah. chicken. That's like, oh, yeah. I just want to not eat beef or chicken one time and just have a vegan meal. And that's what we're finding that people are starting to just do a little bit less of the meat consumption and more of the, like, the, yeah. Yeah, which meat. is awesome. I mean, which is good. And we cater because we have just as many, like, we have... We have normal cheese, we have vegan cheese, we have normal butter, we have vegan butter. We yeah, have we four normal yeah. proteins and we have four vegan proteins. We have got an option for everything. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. We um, yeah, that's why we we think Newtown would pump as well. Yeah.
2: Well, Newtown that's the thing you're saying there's not a lot of vegan options in Newtown. There is because like there probably is. every second there's person lots. doesn't eat meat around yeah. here. Yeah. Um I want to ask you guys about the build, but before that I want to rewind. There's a couple of things I want to go ask you about about kind of your upbringing and your childhood the yeah. earlier days. We'll start with you first, Tyson. Yeah. Um you mentioned something um before uh, when I was doing some research on you, that you grew up with like, a single mother and two sisters. Can yep. you talk to me about what, what that was like?
0: So I grew up with, yeah, single mum, two sisters. I have about 13 female cousins and like one, uh, two male cousins. I have like three aunties and two uncles. <laughs> it's all females. So growing up with females, I'm not saying I understand females, but probably probably because no <laughs> one than does. It's, but, it's but pretty but more pretty understanding. Than most, <laughs> more than most, I, I kind of get it. But growing up being like the only male, I kind of – looked after my little sister as much as possible. My mum was working as hard as she can to try and feed us three kids and she didn't have a high-paying job or anything. We were living like week to week. It just taught me exactly like, no offence to my mum or anything, I just don't want to be like that. I wanted to do more and make sure my kids don't know about the money stresses and mm. they, they get fed on time and like there's not that pressure of like going to school and not knowing what you've got for lunch and things like that. Those things are big, like, drivers for me. Money's not everything, but I just want to make sure that my family and my – like, like yeah, my family are okay. So yeah. there's a big, it's a big drive for me to make sure that we do well enough that we don't have to worry. So mm. that's what pushes us. But it also gave me drive to do really well in basketball. Like, I wanted to provide for my family and do something good, and I was pretty good at basketball. I was tall. I worked really hard to get athletic, and I just made sure. And that was a big driver for me, but yeah. – um, when Mr. Potato come about, I was kind of playing – I got to the Adelaide 36's like list. There's only like 13 or 14 people on the list. I was there for like four years. They didn't cut me. They didn't really play me. So I left and I was like, I'm, I want to just put – I'm 24. If You're getting – you, you, as a pro athlete, if you're not really playing by 24, that's nearly peak. So you got to start thinking after. And I just – I said to Jess, like, I, I think we could do this. And when she said she was like all in, I finished training one day. She sent me a logo and half the business plan. And I'm like, fuck, she's like serious about this. and Straight then Straight onto it. Yeah, <laughs> like cause she's a creator. Like that's just what she does. And then, yeah, like I just went, fuck, I think if I put all my energy and effort into this, I really can make this work. There's a gap in the market. There's so much Mexican. There's so much other things going on. There's no one's doing this on this scale. Let's just let's just try it. Um. So then we just went all in and that's, yeah, it was just, yeah, I have this drive just to do well. And I learned from my mum, she did as good as she can, but I just want to do better, that's all. Yeah. So.
2: <laughs> and that moment transitioning, you said, like, by the time you started this, you gave up, like, yeah. basketball in the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Was it, like, a big decision for you? Was it difficult or were you, like, it felt right?
0: Um, Definitely difficult. You spend your whole life, your mum, for instance, has put every spare cent to get you to the trainings, to get you to the games, to let you fly to America, um all the time and effort you put into basketball. But the thing, like it was a big thing when I said, when I called the club or I had a meeting with the club and said, I'm going to stop playing. It was like emotional roller coaster. You're like, fuck, is this the right thing to do? What if I actually start killing it? In basketball? <laughs> like, what if I actually just get that, like become amazing? Like I'm nearly there. And it was like, it was hard, but I knew that all the things I'd learned from rocking up to basketball, not getting much games, you become super resilient. You become super persistent I was just like determined to do something, and I knew if I just put it into something else, that and Mr. Potato was the thing that I didn't have a plan B on. Like we, st- I still don't, and I like to just know that Mr. Potato is all I've got, and I'm going to make it work. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's been successful. We don't give up when things get hard because we're going to make sure this shit works. So yeah.
2: And um, one more question before I ask something to Jess mm. about about your story. There's a, there's a lot that I want to ask you about, but what yeah. do you think's the main thing you got? From basketball and that, that career as a professional athlete, that what attribute or what trait that has served you the most moving into business?
0: 100% resilience. So like rocking up every single day, getting a game, not getting a game, rocking up to trainings. We didn't get paid, only paid by when you play. So for four years I played like 10 games. So I worked three jobs to be at the 36ers. Like that's things that people don't understand. They think it's glitz and glamour. The basketball see,
1: industry is very different to like well, AFL in Australia. Yeah, like yeah. So the, same,
0: like, the person on the same – Pathways, me and AFL, minimum is 100K a year they get. For me, I'm getting paid for when I play. So I become super resilient because you're rocking up every day. Everyone in your family's like, when are you going to get it? When are you going to play, Tyce? When are you going to play? It's like, I'm trying to fucking do everything to play. But like that just built that resilience. It was hard as, but now in business, when things get a little bit harder, whenever like I've gone through it, like I've been at the lowest lows with basketball so I can get through it. So definitely resilience for me. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And Jess, there's something I want to – uh, speak to you about if you don't mind it's something I found fascinating interesting in your story um, because we've had another person on, on the podcast and we spoke about her journey I found it really eye-opening and a lot of people got a lot of value from from hearing about uh, her story and her journey but can you talk to me about being in high school 15 years old obviously you're pursuing modeling and, and you yeah. developed an eating disorder and what that looked like for you and yeah. how you eventually recovered from that
1: yeah. Um, I mean, my journey was crazy. So it kind of all started to <laughs> unravel around the age of 10 years old when my parents separated and they were married for 30 years. So it was kind of like an out of the blue thing. Um, and so they they went through the separation and it was like never an amicable one. So the property settlement and things actually ended up lasting like seven years. Um, yeah. But By the age of probably like 12, you know, I started to kind of rebel against both of them. Um, They had a really toxic relationship. Like I still haven't really even seen them in the same room together to this day, which is just crazy. Um, To think that, you know, you can love someone for 30 years and then you just, you know, there's so much resentment and hate. It's just crazy. Um, But kind of all those emotions were playing on me. And because I was the youngest one, I... Was kind of the go between in their relationship, so you know my mom would pass messages through me to dad, you know, or mom like, oh your dad's you know such a wanker, he's such an <laughs> asshole, this yeah. that. Dad the same thing. Um, and what made things even worse was that my dad actually ended up dating, and they're well actually still together now with like one of our really close family friends. So it was. There was a couple, um, <laughs> that, yeah, there was uh, another couple that they were friends with. And yeah, dad ended up with uh, the, the partner. And I actually always loved her. She was kind of like, you know, this fun, kind of eccentric woman, you know, always, yeah, a good time. And I mean, they're still together now. But that happening as well just put my mom into this like massive spiral of emotions, as you can imagine. You know, you've not just lost a marriage, you've then lost, you know, a friend as well. So I'm 12 years old, 13 years old, going through all of this stuff in my head, you know, and I'm seeing like the brunt of all of it. Um, And yeah, it just, you know, I had no control over my whole life. And the one thing that I could control was, you know, my eating. Um, And yeah, so around like 14 years of age, I started to rebel, um, Against both my parents, uh, I think after probably yeah, at the age of fourteen, they both had been like we both had enough of you. Um, And I actually went to live with my sister, who's fifteen years older than me. Um, So she became almost like a mother to me rather than a sister. And uh, I don't things just progressed, and I obviously started losing a lot more weight. Um, My sister knew something was wrong, but didn't really know how to approach the situation. She was also dealing with her own stuff and um, yeah, I remember one day, I think it was the first day of school and I was um, getting on the bus to go to the new college, so I'd just finished mid- middle school, we going to college and the bus route that I was taking actually went to um, past my mother's house and I hadn't seen her at this point in probably three or four months. And I turned up at her doorstep and um, she took one look at me and was like, wow, like there's there's something very wrong with you. Uh, Went to the hospital and they um, basically from that day um, admitted me into the hospital for being anorexic. They and I was like, oh, you know, it's fine. You know, I'll just be here for a few days or whatever. Um, uh, You know, there's nothing wrong with me. I couldn't see like in my own reflection, you know, how like at the time I was 45 kilos and I'm 178 centimetres tall. So you can imagine I was just nothing but skin and bones. And yeah, I ended up spending a month in hospital, um, which was just a roller coaster of emotions. So I had one of those tubes shoved down my throat, the nasogastric tubes. um, And that was probably the thing that made me spiral the most because uh, when, I, you know, I started eating when I was in hospital because they would feed me food, but you have for somebody that's so fixated on what's going on into their body and, you know, that control to have just like a constant supply of something that you don't know what it is going into your stomach. It's just like, it sent me into just like a spiral of emotions. So those kind of first two or three weeks that I was in the hospital, it was just like a nightmare. Like I still remember one day I, you know, my mom came and visited me every day. I think my dad only came to see me once, um, because we'd kind of had a massive falling out before that. And, um, one day I finally convinced mum to let me out basically. She was like, okay, look, gather up (laughs) your things. (laughs) Yeah. Literally break me out. I was like, okay, (laughs) we're gathering up all my things. Um, And then we start to head towards like the exit doors and then all of a sudden the nurses have like caught on to what's happening and the doors just like (laughs) slam shut in front of us. I was like there was nowhere for me to go. Um, That was it. Like I was like I have to literally face what I'm going through. Like it was like forced me to basically go, okay, this is enough. Um, And also while I was actually in hospital – I was seated next to um, a guy called Ben. He was 12 years old and he had leukemia. And we became like really good mates during this time because he was obviously in there for a long period of time, as was I, um, whereas all the other people just kind of in for a few days out. Um, And one of the, I think, pivotal moments for me, we were doing like a group session where you have like visitors come in and, you know, speak to you about, you know, what do you want to do with your life and things. So... um, we, we sat down in this group and the guy kind of asked us, you know, oh, what do you all want to be when you're older? And I I didn't say I wanted to be a model because I was too embarrassed. Um, but I think I said I was I wanted to be a lawyer or something. And, um, and then it got to Ben and he was like, honestly, he's like, I'm probably not going to get to be anything when I'm older. He's like, if I can make it to be a teenager, then I'll be happy with that. And honestly, like hearing that, I think was one of, the reasons for me where I was like, wow, I have like this amazing life journey ahead of me. And here I am like literally just destroying it myself. Um, So that was, you know, for me kind of the start of when I started to recover. Um, But it's a long journey. Like anyone that's suffered any form of eating disorder knows it's not just cured overnight. It's, you know, it's a long term game and it takes like constant effort to be able to get yourself into a positive state of mind and be able to, you know, take yourself out of that. So, yeah. That perspective
2: <laughs> shift to get that from a 12-year-old kid.
1: I know, yeah.
2: Do you feel like – have you been able to hold on to that moment in an effort to, like, hold on to gratitude in your life still to – 100%, say?
1: yeah. And there's been a lot of times in my life where the similar thing – like, a similar thing has kind of come up and I've gone, yeah. You know, it just – you have to be grateful for what you've got and, you know, take every opportunity as it comes.
2: And and with, with your circumstance, obviously there was a lot – of a lot of emotions and probably things going on in your life. It's so hard to navigate, even just being a teenager, yeah. a teenage girl, especially probably even more difficult than a guy in oh, certainly yeah. <laughs> expects. And then I've all this stuff and like emotional pulling each way and kind yeah. of getting caught in the middle for you personally, looking back, do you feel like, was it for you that eating sort of something, was it, more of a physical thing or do you think it was the way that you processed the emotion and all the craziness in your life? Yeah,
1: it was 100% an emotional thing. Like for me, it was my way of coping, you know, and being able to control something in my life when everything else was just completely out of control. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah.
2: And did that bring you and your mother closer back closer together or what yeah. did it do for your relationship? Yeah,
1: it definitely did for a period of time um, and – you know, it's really hard for my mum and to watch the journey that she's been on as well. We're actually, we're not that close because I think after all that's happened over the years, it's just, I've grown from it all and she's not been able to, unfortunately. Like she, um, yeah, I guess she's never really gotten over my dad, you would say. Like it's, yeah, it's, it's really sad because, you know, she literally, in her defence, you know, she had a, she had kids and, and married at, you know, 17, 18 years old. She spent her whole life building this life around a man and then he walks out and leaves you. And I think she just lost all sense of her identity and who she was. So, yeah.
2: yeah. It's 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 rough. Like I know it w- doesn't sound I – don't, I don't know the details. I don't even know the details of my parents' yeah. one to be honest. But yeah. my mum my, my and my dad split up. Um, they were married when I was like – like such a baby or before while my mum was still pregnant I don't even I don't even know I don't mm. even go there really but like I didn't even meet my dad until I was 15 because there was so much just like emotion and like
0: it was similar to me so yeah so like my dad and mum split up when I was one or two so I, like I can't remember no of course yeah and I was like 10 and this guy walks in big Tongan guy yeah and I'm like who the fuck is? He's yeah. <laughs> like my mom was like that's your dad like and like she would always be like running him down and stuff and then like mm. as I've got older I've actually built a strong relationship with him because you hear just one side of the story now you can kind of yeah but I can just kind of weigh things up myself but yeah I'm similar to you I was like yeah I met him for the first time when I was like ten so. yeah
2: I, I remember there was a time it might have been a year or so maybe a year or two before I actually met him and we we're going to meet him but one other time before I was fifteen so would have been maybe like thirteen at this mm. point. And uh, I chickened out. I couldn't yeah. do it. I got yeah. too nervous. And then I th- looking back, like, fuck, imagine how he felt. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah. but I, I'm like, I've got a great relationship with with my dad now. And That's it's good. like, obviously, my parents went through their own stuff. But now, as an adult, and me being mean, obviously, I've got half of the, my genetics from him, half of my mum. Yeah. Like, it's obviously like, if it takes, I've obviously, was there with my mom. and I understand whatever my dad did was wrong. But I understand both perspectives. It's I'm like the same man. I, ca- I yeah. can't not. You same. know what I mean? So I'm
0: the same. I'm just like I'm more forgiving as well. I like, kind of just. Work out. I appreciate what Mum's done, but like, he's still awesome. My dad, like, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, and like, my dad was like ten years older than my mum or Same. something like that, Same. and like, yeah. I already had like yeah. I've oldest siblings on, on on that side of the family that I don't really see or anything. Yep that are like 10, 15 years older than me, have kids and stuff, you know what I mean? I think the
1: best thing though is because we've been through this and, you know, experienced the trauma as kids going through these kinds of breakdowns of relationships, I think it now gives us an opportunity to go, I don't want to build a family like that. And if God forbid, if something was to go wrong with the marriage, you know, you're going to handle the breakdown of a marriage in a very different way. Mm, but mm. I've always just said, like, I'm getting married once. That's and it. That's the plan. I would never put my kids through, like, what I had to go yeah. through as a, as a child. Yeah.
2: Um, yeah. I, just, I think it's just such an important part of ha- how we got to where we are today. And now onto, back onto Mr. Potato, you said you did the business plan, first of all. Well, you've, you've had some experience in business, so you might have known what you were doing. But what was in that V1 version of a business plan? I'm always interested to hear what people put in their first draft. Where did we
0: get the template from? Or did we just find it online somewhere? I think, no. Like, was don't... it the government website? No, no because... I was trying to think where we <laughs> it got the wasn't... template from. Jess, uh, no, you, yeah, the accountant,
1: somewhere. I think, sent us the template. Oh, Mark, yeah. yeah, Mark Riddle, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, oh, well, I had actually created a business plan before for my old business, but um, going into Mr. Potato when we... We still
0: look at it sometimes. Yeah, we've still got a copy of it. We nice. should have brought it in.
1: Um, <laughs> no, It's funny because we've actually ticked off pretty much everything that we said we would do on that plan, and it was ballsy. Like, we literally, we didn't just say, oh, we're going to have one location and trade for the next five years in that one location and then expand. It was like, okay, we're going to do... One store in the first year, we're gonna do like another one in and another two or three in the next year. It's like we're then gonna franchise. We're gonna go interstate, and it's like literally every th- that was our five year plan. Yeah, we've like literally, literally done all of it.
0: All of it, which is crazy. Yeah. Like I was like I, I'm a big believer of like I'm. I calculate things like how can we f- physically make this happen. Like Jess is like the creative dreamer, she's like, no, nah, we're going to fucking become a franchise powerhouse when yeah. we haven't even started. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. oh, no, that's going to work. But this is, this is how we get it, store one and then we can use this yeah. to do that like that. So, like, when we when – like, we had, like, one store first year, two the second year, and then write franchise manual and start selling franchises and have, like, ten in the third year. Yeah. And, like, we actually did that and it's yeah. like, wow. It doesn't always go
2: to plan like that.
0: No, it doesn't, no. yeah. But like thing is I was happy, like, to – get the one store going, you know, like, mm. I did, like that was like, that was amazing and it did well. And then like now to date we've at the start of the year, we had like four stores and now we've sold 20 in total now. Wow. It's just like this year alone, that's like, so 16 sites. There's only six trading right now, but like before May next year, there'll be 20 trading. Like it's just going like for us, that's just massive growth. That It's awesome. Like yeah. we love it, but it's not easy as well. Like mm. we want to grow this thing. we got to hire more of a team and, it's, yeah, it's
1: It's actually so funny because anytime we tell people what our plans are, like even our own shareholders, when we sat down and told them, like, okay, we're actually going to sell twenty. I hope Ryan watches this. this yeah,
0: <laughs> Ryan was like, yeah, right, yeah, right. You are like they
1: honestly laughed at us. They're like, well, you know, th- it's nice to just dream big and do all that. No, They're no. Ryan, like- so Ryan
0: was similar. He's a similar to me. He's similar to me. He's like, guys, twenty sounds cool, but like realistically, you're probably going to do like five, right? Like realistically, yeah. like you're only going to sell probably five, and just like. No, we're going to sell 20 this year. And he's like, and like, wa- I'd chat to Ryan one on one. And I was like, yeah, mate, we'll probably get to 10. I don't know. And then he's, <laughs> like, he's like, I don't actually know. But Jess, like no, we're doing twenty, and the next thing, yeah, we sell twenty, like
1: yeah. Mm. And that, I think that's one thing that I absolutely hate is just people underestimating me because they've done it my whole life. So I'm just like, anytime I say that I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it, and I'm going to like, I'm going to get it done. She the does
0: that. She's always like, like, possible. That's how like back it. to building the stores. It's like we roll in. The first quote to build the store was like fifty grand. We had like five dollars, <laughs> and they're like, Jess is like. I was like, fuck him, we can't. You gotta afford gotta that. sell that out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, sell something. Um, then Jess is like, we'll just build it ourselves. And I'm like, I, I can't even change a drill bit. I yeah, don't know yeah, what I'm yeah. doing. Like I grew up a family of girls. We don't know how to do anything. Like, yeah. and then Jess is like, no, we're actually gonna build it ourselves. So we built like the whole shop pretty much ourselves. We put this wall in, we built a counter. Um, we like got a we we got a fridge, like our big salad. You think of Subway, you know the big fridge they have for the, like the long ones, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we like ours is similar to that. We didn't have much money and they're like 15 grand each. We found one f- six hours from Adelaide and was it Mount Gambia? Yeah, Mount Gambia. or somewhere crazy. Um, it was like two grand. But we rock up and I'm thinking it's like 50 kilos, this thing. This thing's like 400 kilos. It's got it on a crane and I've just got this trailer. I've never even driven a car with a trailer at this point. Yeah. And put it on the back of the trailer and then it's cool to get it on there. We strap it down and stuff. I don't even know how to tie a strap at that point. <laughs> we get back and it's like, how the fuck are we going to get this thing off the trailer? Then we call up the local fruit and veg store. I was like, mate, can we use your forklift to get this off the back? And he's like, we're going to have to do it at 4 a.m. We're like, all right. So we go down to like the next morning. We're parked at the front at 4 a.m. He picks it up off the back of the trailer. It's like this thing's like balancing. It's so long. It's like three mm. meters long. I'm like, don't drop it. Like that two grand was like all the money we had. And then we put on these dollies and then like he's like, mate, i got to go back and take the forklift back. We've got to unpack So there's just Jess and I on the road with like this this big thing trying to like maneuver it into the shop. And then, yeah, it was crazy. So, like, it, but also once the store got open, I'm telling you, it was like not that great. But for us, we built it. So it was like Mm. so proud, like your baby, right? Like everything everyone's seeing, we, painted it we did that we built those seats we built that even though it lasted for like one month but still we <laughs> yeah. did it we did it so um yeah it was it's cool like that part of it was cool it was very fulfilling. Yeah.
2: you're gonna have the block knocking on your door soon get it get your well,
0: maybe hopefully that'd be cool
1: we may have sent an advocate yeah
2: <laughs> i think you got a pretty good uh, resume for that like yeah. um so obviously this studio is way less than a bit but we did this ourselves and like i'm yeah. the same yeah. like you see, these are concrete walls. Like, I had to like, hammer drill into the walls. I'm like, I'm fucking proud of <laughs> oh, myself. Like, I, I hammer drill? This oh, is no, mental. It's cool. Yeah. like, Brick spitting back in my face. Yeah. I've got my blue light glasses. as my it goggles. I've done like, it before, that hammer drill on the brick. It's The
0: thing is, people don't understand, it's like everything – like on YouTube, there's like 20 different videos on how to hammer
2: oh, drill. Oh, you can do anything. That, yeah, there's yeah. 20 different
0: videos on how to build this. And you know, I just started watching all of these videos and learning as much as and possible.
1: And I think it goes for anything with life. You know, there's so much knowledge and information everywhere. So just because you don't know something yourself – doesn't mean you can't go out there and find the answers that you need it's, Absolutely. it's like there's information everywhere in this day and
0: age yeah I agree
2: and, and and that's what you said at the start like it's people just think oh you, you've got all these these franchises open you're gonna have 20 locations in the next few months it's so easy but you literally had to bootstrap everything build yeah. things yourself like yep. that that just got like that's what you got to do in business and like you spoke about resilience before and perseverance it's such an important part um, and I want to ask a question, kind of how you got to the next level when you mentioned some of your shareholders and stuff. But what, at what point did you start looking for investment? And talk? can you talk us about that process? Because obviously a lot of people are always interested in what people are putting in PhDX and how to yeah. approach potential investors and things like that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, obviously we've been a part of the entourage now for a year and half. Um and it was always, you know, our our goal and our dream to either we wanted either Janine from Boosters. Yeah, yeah. Which we're <laughs> yeah. still working on her. So if she sees this, <laughs> expect a, expect a call from us soon. Um, and also Stuart um from Zambreros who who helped um obviously Sam Cook take Zambreros from two stores to 150. Um and it was random because we were part of the entourage and Tyson jumped on just a Vision partner call with him, right? Just to ask advice, and it was, and it, it was
0: more calculated than this. Yeah. I knew he was a vision partner there. I yeah. wanted, I joined it so I could chat to him. Yeah, that's what I did.
2: Is this Stuart? Is Stuart, Stuart Cook, says, yeah. 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 So, yeah. so I, yeah. like
0: I learned from basketball, you surround yourself with people that have done it before. You can learn from them, and if everyone can grow together, there's two people that we could learn from that have done similar journeys. It's Janine from Boost, or it's Stuart from Zambreros. The They're two similar concepts to us, like fast, quick, easy, fast food. So we wanted to learn from one of them. Stuart was a vision partner at Entourage. I wanted to get on a call and just learn from him. I was like so no- – I told him this. I was like so nervous before the call. It was a 15-minute call. I was like on Monday. I was like, mate, have you got time for a call? He's like, yeah, yeah. I've got Sunday at like 8 a.m. I was like, it's very strange. I mean, he, he works like – he's just a workaholic. And he's like, 8 a.m. I'm I'm at home about to take the call. I was like – I was with Jess. Like, no, no, I want to go for a drive. I've So I'm in the car like concentrating. And I was thinking the whole time, do I try and bullshit how we've got here and – like sugarcoat everything, or just be real with this guy and just be like, see. And I was like, got on the phone. I said, "Man, we've made some mistakes. We've we've built the stores ourselves. We've done this." And he's like, toss, I did the same thing with Zambros, and I was like, "We just clicked really well." And more so than getting an investment or anything, I just wanted to learn from someone that had done a similar journey to me. They they built Zambros from one store to the, to hundred, and then they exited and started an investment fund called Twywo Capital. The world is your oyster, capital. Um, but they had done what we are trying to do, and Zambreros is, like, very similar to us. You know, if you replace the bread with the th- potatoes, you're pretty much doing the same thing. Mm. So, um,
1: And by the time that we already approached them, so we'd already created a pitch deck, had no idea what we were doing with it. I just made it look really pretty, yeah. like I always do. <laughs> it's presented really well. There's not a lot of substance in there, really. Um, but, you know, we just spoke about the vision and, and our customers, like what our customers think of the brand. And I think that was enough for people to go, wow. like
0: It was um, in what they said, the thing that got them to over the line was the vision, the product is a bonus, but it's the founders they back. They back yeah. the founders, Stuart, and that they like that I'm an ex-athlete, coachable. They want to be able to – like you guys know, you want to be able to work with people. Yeah. For us, we don't hire franchise like hire. We don't um, let franchisees into the network unless we think – are they coachable? Can we work with this person? It's seven-year yeah. contracts. And like, they're looking at it like that. They're like, at the end of the day, are they resilient? Are they just going to give up when it gets hard, you know? Like, that's the thing that got them that they say that yeah. they like most about it. But.
1: And there's been a hundred Times <laughs> that we should have given up, honestly. There's yeah could more have, than. Could
2: what have. are some of those times? Oh man, stands out.
1: Well, first of all, we so we grew this business throughout COVID. Um, so we're you know trying to grow and scale a business right in the middle of a global pandemic, which you know is always going to create and it's, and it's
0: okay if you had a cash reserve, right? If you have a cash reserve, yeah. you keep things going. But when you, we've just. Just before COVID started, we opened our third store. We put every cent we had into it, and then the sales dropped, and there was no backup of cash. Yeah. I'm talking suppliers are getting paid late. The Some of the team members are getting paid late, yeah. and that thing's like kills us. We're like, we're trying to do the best we can. Trying to navigate that is hard. You know, like yeah. the the, the um, team members are like, well, why can't you afford wages? It's like, we don't have any <laughs> cash. <laughs> like, yeah. like, if it's the stores yeah. aren't trading, we will going week to week to earn back the cash that we just invested into this new store that we opened. Yeah. So, like, and suppliers not fully understanding, like, we're a new business. So it's just yeah. that was definitely tough.
1: And and the issue of COVID didn't just last during the period of the restrictions. Like, you're – like, we're still trying to make back losses from two years ago now. And, I mean, anyone in business would know the same thing. You know, it really did disrupt so much – of everyone's business during that time and it's like it's it's you know years to recover from that and yeah, and build back it's huge it There's been a huge so. ripple
0: effect just so in the the stuff uh like when the people can't come pick the fruit the fresh produce can't get picked properly there's been floods and stuff and then like the price of the fresh produce goes up and then we have to pay more so then we have to do price increase and it's just a rippling effect yeah. that people don't really understand <laughs> yeah. the yeah. so that now like our meal like everyone's in the same boat like you have to up your prices yeah. because we're paying 20 to 50% more for stock than we used to yeah. and it's just like it's all been a ripple effect but
1: but, um, but we're still going yeah
2: <laughs> that's the thing how do yeah. you uh, it's one of my favorite questions last just like what's what's been some of your darkest moments and hardest times and then how do you get through them? Like you two together obviously have a great support network in each other, but what do you do to get through the hardest times when, like you said, you should have quit, you could yeah. have been easier to quit? I'm sure at certain times, how do you get through it?
1: Well, this year on record, the start of this year was hands down the worst year for us on record. And it was it was outside things that were, you know, um, affecting it. it. So first of all, we, we planned to get married in –
0: Oh, so January, uh, February, like the 15th or something. Yeah. Two weeks out, the venue calls. COVID's not really around, but they're, they're scared and they yeah. say- So
1: they cancelled the
0: wedding. Everyone's booked ready to come. This is the second time it's been cancelled, by the way. And then, yeah. is, it,
2: wait, wait, is this in Adelaide? Yeah. Or,
0: yeah, yeah. The yeah. venue's right. awesome. But they're just like, guys, if we get anyone gets COVID, we're going to close down. We cannot risk it. Two yeah. weeks out, and we're like, far
2: yeah. out. Like so the second February really this year?
1: Yeah. This were week.
2: we in lockdowns in Sydney then? We were we were open, right?
1: You were you were open, but there was another wave coming through yes, Adelaide yeah. and uh, okay. they were just freaking out that it was all going to unfold
2: yeah, again. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, also, there was a tsunami that went through Tonga, which is where Tyson's So I'm like building this from. relationship
0: with my dad <laughs> oh, for the first after, time. Yeah, for the first fucking time. Fucking tsunami goes through Tonga. Um, like it's they said it was like the equivalent to this might not be right, but it's like seventy-five atomic bombs at the bottom of the sea floor. Yeah. It's like a volcano thing, and right near Tonga. And they thought all I my dad had um, internet on the island that he was on. Um, he all I thought when the internet was gone was, like, oh, he's like definitely dead. We all thought definitely would be dead. Um, so there was like a month or so without any communications at all. So it was like that whole time. I'm not super close with him, but, like, it's still my dad. And I was, like, in this weird feeling, like, is he is he dead? Like, we don't know what's going on. No one can get in contact with him. None of us in Australia, all the comms were, like, completely, like, wiped out from this tsunami. So, like, for a month I was really in a weird position. Like, emotionally I was, like, I don't know if yeah. he's alive. I don't know if he's dead. And I don't know how to feel about it all. It's all very, like, do I do anything? Do I start, like... Do I fly there? Do I try help? Do I start raising money through Mr. Potato? Like, what do I do to like? And it was like a very weird thing for me to go through. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? Uh, yeah. Anyway, yeah. so he was on the island. He got pulled out by a big wave and then he got pushed back onto the island. Um, and yeah. he was about to walk inside. He thought he had a ute on the island. He's like, the water's getting close to the ute. I'm going to move the ute back. And his cousin yells from like back up on the hill. He's like, get, get up to the top of the hill. There's a huge wave coming. And he's like thinking, fuck, what about my ute? And he's like, yeah. oh. this is ute that he shipped from Australia, like a kind like like he's like a decent ute that he got there. It's a big effort to get it to this island, this island of like Tonga's Island, like 200 islands. He shipped it to this island. It's like, a. anyways, he's like, oh, all right, I'll leave it. And as he was walk, like kind of running away, he just heard all of his house that he saved up his whole life to build there and all the stuff he built just crashed down and um, no insurance, obviously. It's an act of God. Um, and he, they got to the top of a hill and the whole island got wiped flat They're at the top of the hill. There was w- bottles of water floating around all night. They stayed there. And then the next morning, the Tongan military or army came and p- picked them up. But, um, yeah, someone did pass away then, but they lost absolutely everything on the island. So yeah. wow. there's just like a crazy time. Um, and. It, it was surprising when I saw my dad for the first time, I was expecting him to say, like, the tsunami is, like, so annoying. I'm so annoyed about it. And he just had acceptance. He's like, what can I do about it? Like, yeah. And I was like, yeah, it's tr- like it's true, but it's like he's lost absolutely. So he, he saved up his whole life to build a nice-looking, like, Australian home on this Tongan island. Um, and he built three little houses next to it for fishermen that come by us, and they can stay there and he can make a little bit of extra money. He shipped a quad bike there. He shipped a ute there. He had his own boat there, obviously, and he lost it all, and now he's like seventy and nothing got nothing at all. No, there's no superannuation, yeah. there's no money, and he's just like in rebuild, and it's just like, I just feel for him. Like it's just tough, you know. Yeah, he's yeah. back in Australia. He was pouring concrete the other day with someone. Like it's like now he's back on the like tools. It's just like yeah, yeah, it's crazy. But there yeah, that happened. So we're going through that, and then Jess finds out. From her sister, that she's got. um
1: Yeah, then she. My sister got diagnosed with terminal breast cancer.
0: She finds out there's a. Uh, tell me yeah. if it's wrong. She finds out there's like a lump in like. Is it like November? The uh, time yeah, before. November. She, she felt felt a like lump, a bit of a lump, and, then... and she goes in January, finds out it's like spread to her spine, and it's terminal, and she's like forty-five. Fifty-seven.
1: 50. Yeah,
0: forty-seven. It's like so. Then
1: yeah, she's got <laughs> a eight-year-old. Um, nephew she's a single mum as well and I think just all of these moments have happened and you know you're trying to scale and grow a business at the same time our plan was always to move to Sydney after the wedding and it got to like the end of February and we're like let's just do it we had no you know no place to live here we're like we just like that's what we said we were going to do let's just get on (laughs) get in the cars and drive so we did we packed up the whole house we moved over here we found a place Um, and it's actually been one of the best things for us to actually do that. I think just give us like a fresh start almost after the kind of rough start that we had to the year Mm. and, but through that time, you know, that's when you realize, you know, as long as we've got each other and we've got a good support network around us, you know, you can get through anything. That's why I give it
0: to, um, like business owners that don't have anyone. Like, I just don't know how I can share the problems with Jess, you know, it doesn't seem as heavy. People that do it by themselves, it's just crazy how they do that. Um, yeah. It's just, I'm massive on having a good team around you and we only just got it at the start of this year. So.
1: Don't get me wrong. Like we drive each other <laughs> insane. Yeah. Like, of course.
0: Of course you bicker. Probably, yeah. and, but at the end of the day, like we, we bicker and have little arguments here and there, but at the end of the day, like we have the same vision um, and we can kind of overcome those problems yeah. pretty quickly, which is good.
2: Well, I wanted to ask you guys, what's what's the best and what's the worst thing about working with your partner? And you have to be honest, just lay it on end. Best best yeah, I'm trying to think
0: of what's the best stuff. To <laughs> <laughs> um, I was
1: gonna say I'm trying to think of what the worst is. That's all right.
0: No, nah, so the best, the Typical. best the best thing is for sure, is that you both can share all the problems and all the wins as well. Like if yeah. we didn't work together and I come home from work and I'm like, I've just we just about to open a location in WA. She'd be like, oh, "Like that's cool," but like yeah. now it's like we we're, we're opening a location in WA. We built this ourselves, and whatever's coming from this, we did ourselves. That's fucking cool. <laughs> I um, also
1: agree. That's probably one of the best things. Cool. And then things. Like, and I think then going, going through the journey yeah. just together and getting to experience stuff together. Um, and like Tyson said, you know, because when you do win, it is you know it's both of you doing it. It's not just. Like, I'm just not standing in Tyson's, like, shadow um, or, or vice versa. So we're doing this together.
0: And also when you look, when there's a loss, like if there's something wrong, I can then share it with Jess and she understands the full, like, extent of it because she's there with it as well. I'm not just coming home saying, like, oh, we've just had this – just had the meat increased by this and we've got to do, redo all the prices and, like, so our managers quit. It's not like she knows, like, she knows about it so you can share those problems. Mm-hmm. Um but, the
1: worst thing is uh, having to listen to him <laughs> on, having to listen to him talk all day. <laughs> no. Oh come on! <laughs> no, the, I don't know. The worst. I don't think there is a worst thing to be honest. No, we, I think we found worst, the positives. No, the,
0: the worst of that. thing would be that um, it's awesome to spend so much time together. But sometimes you actually want your own space. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Like there's sometimes where you just I just want to be alone for like. Two hours, I speak to not just Jess, but every, like so many phone calls a day. It's taken 50 yeah. phone calls, all these franchisees. Sometimes I just want to be by yourself, and you kind of like can't. Yeah, that's hard. Like, not nothing against Jess, but she's the same. Like, yeah. she's just like, I just want to read my freaking book for like yeah. an hour without I'm someone anyone that needs not, my not just, alone. She's time. like, Not just you, babe, just let me be by myself. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's hard because then I get a problem. I'm like, Jess, we need to sort this right now. Sorry, but this is like, yeah. we need it. The manager's just quit of this store, like, or something like that. I don't know, like. But yeah, that's probably the worst part is that you are together all the time, and you do need your own space. And until we get more and more of a team, we kind of we're just pretty much in a startup phase with franchising. We've got. Only a small team. We need to build out a bigger team and um, have like guns in each area of the business to try and spread spread the workload. Yeah. Our
1: head office is very small at the moment. It's got it. This is everyone. <laughs> <Yeah.
0: laughs> no, we got plus a couple a, but... plus
1: a couple of extras. But yeah, you know, yeah. we're just at that stage where you know we are growing and expanding. So a lot of the workload is on us, and we are wearing so many different hats. So mm. um, we're we're spread thin, um, which was why it was so great to be able to go and you know spend a couple of weeks away. And Recharge not, the
2: batteries a little bit. Yeah, yeah, not
1: even that we didn't get to focus on the business for those like two weeks because we were still working. But we got was... five
0: stores opening before Christmas. It's yeah. like the busiest Mental time we've wellness. ever yeah. had. Like five different builders to deal with, five different franchisees to onboard. It's like, yeah. and that's a lot for us. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah,
1: it, it was nice just for a change of scenery, just to be in some warm weather because yeah. Sydney weather has just work been... on the tans. Yeah, good. as everyone can see. <laughs> it's funny because like I've lived in Sydney before and I. Talking it up so much to Tyson. I was like, the northern beaches is so beautiful. You're going to love it there. We arrive and literally hadn't
0: stopped (laughs) (laughs) raining. It's like flooding on the roads. I'm like, this is awesome. It's been the worst year
2: for weather in Sydney, honestly. I
0: was like, when is it going to get better? I honestly hated Sydney for the first month because I was like, I've moved to this. It's just (laughs) floods all the time. (laughs) Like where we live, it's nice. There's like yachts and you can see all these like cool, but you couldn't even see them. It's pouring that much and I just didn't enjoy it. And then the sun come out one day. And I'm looking around. I'm like, wow, well, this place bad. is oh, actually awesome. Pretty. Yeah, <laughs> like I told you, and I was like, no, I yeah. didn't think it was gonna be this yeah.
2: good. No, nah, Sydney, Sydney, uh, look, Sydney's home for me. Yeah. but yeah. like, I think yeah, I, I love Sydney, but. Yeah. when you grow up somewhere i don't think you fully appreciate like yeah. I've, I've always lived in sydney yeah. um but i want to ask you something i've had business partners and i've had not business part i prefer to have a business partner because yeah. of the exact yeah. reasons you say you share the highs you share the lows together yeah. and they're just as important as each other because yep. like you obviously want someone there and it helps so much mm-hmm. when you have someone you got to fit like you just obviously i'm an e-com so let's just say it's a website issue and our website's broken or something's not working yep. or stock is held somewhere and yep. we can't get it released or whatever like you can't go to bed if it's your business. If something's broken, you can't yeah. go to bed until you fix it. It's like 1230 at night, one o'clock, one 30 exactly. to have someone there in those moments. Yep. Obviously it like, obviously it, it helps so much. But then on the flip side, it's like, okay, I remember when I launched the business and we had an, an incredible success, like yeah.
0: dream start. Like yeah.
2: Well, yeah. I, I, I worked a job, it's probably getting like a co- or corporate, my, my business partner was managing a gym. Yep. Really? We're probably earning a thousand dollars a week, yep. like working our whole time. And then like, we made our first million dollars after like three months, yeah. and then like, you you tell your friends all these things, yeah. and it's exciting. And then like, you can't just. I gets to a certain point where like I'm not just gonna. T- t- oh, we just sold five yeah. million dollars or ten. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. it gets to a point like you can and own to have someone along that journey that really understands that how hard true. you've had to work for That's and true. how special it is because, I feel like you don't want to always just like because at the end of the day, if you keep putting it to someone who doesn't understand yeah. or we
0: have yeah. found that that was a that was a hurdle that I. Like trying to tell even my close friends like about the wins and stuff after like a couple, it's like, they don't understand and mm. they don't really care. Like they, they are happy for you, but there's just, there's only like every time you're calling them, you've done something cool. They're not really understanding. Yeah, yeah. And then it's like trying to explain to like my family that hasn't been in business before, like we're going to franchise. They're like, well, why wouldn't you own the stores yourself? Like, why would you do that? And then it's just like, not, not nothing against them. It's just they just don't understand. So it's yeah, just like neither of
1: our families have been in business before. So this whole journey to them is just you know like nothing they've they've ever known. It's, and so I used
0: to like this. I used to get so angry at them for the first year. Like they just didn't understand. They thought we were multi millionaires. Like, <laughs> like yes, we might have sold. We might have done a million dollars in sales. But that's all gone. Like and they're thinking there's a lineup of people. How are they not millionaires? They're asking for money and stuff. And it's yeah. like. Trying to explain it to them, I got so angry at them. Then I said one day, I was like, how can I be angry at them? They've never been in business before. They don't understand, like, yes, you can, might bring in a million dollars, what has to go out, especially in food businesses. It's at least 90% of that. But then we want to build another store. It's all gone. Like, that's mm-hmm. – trying to explain that. So I don't, I don't get angry at them
2: anymore. I, so. I, I remember, because I'm the same. No one in my family's ever run a business. I was the first. Awesome. Um, but it was the opposite for me. Like, they were seeing, like, the success, the outward success of the business. And, like, I don't think they really took it seriously. And I remember because my cousin, someone I, I look up to a lot and I've always gone to advice, he's six years older, he's, 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 he's been our finance manager and he now like, works like CFO for, for a um, $100 million business, like really smart, way smarter than I've ever been. But obviously it's one awesome. of those people that is like more risk adverse and yeah. you know, managing all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And I remember when my business partner left, I wanted to hire someone to um, take over that role, which is like more of the operational and financial role. And I went to see my cousin have a meeting just to go over like the plan for this new role and kind of budgeting and stuff. And, and I showed him the numbers and he's like, what the fuck? He's like, you're actually making pro- like profit? <laughs> like yeah. he did not believe it. He's like, yeah. I could do this stuff for you. I'm like, are you fucking serious? I like could yeah. come work. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, my, my, so I ended up hiring my cousin to bring him in. And that was honestly one of the <laughs> most rewarding parts. That
0: is awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. That
2: would be awesome. Yeah. And my, my my older cousin was like my older brother because yeah. like, I grew up with my mum and I lived in a granny flat in my grandparents' house with yep. my mum yep. and my cousin was just down the road. So yep. if I didn't have a, uh, my younger brother six years younger. Yep. So it was like me and my cousin for yep. like six years. So that that's was awesome. a beautiful that's awesome. experience. Yeah, yeah. That,
0: that's, that's
1: It's so funny awesome. that you say that because even when I go to like my grandpa's house now, he'll be like, have you got a job yet, Jess? <laughs> I'm like... <laughs> yeah. They just don't get it. I'm like, I am the CEO of a national company.
2: Yeah, like, they don't get it huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. CEO, it's, it's, co-founder, it's funny yeah. it's funny
0: hearing like it's you can't be angry at them though that's just what they they mm. think yeah. the thing, how you're not working yeah, on like how are you here at three o'clock in the afternoon and not at work like yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah.
2: yeah, but also I was up at four a m yeah, fixing yeah. problems and like it's yeah, yeah. Well, there's, there's a question I want to ask you guys. I know it's something I had to learn a lot in the early days and improve because I was 24 and I launched the business mm. green. as no real business experience at all. Um, and it's something that I've improved a lot on, but it didn't come naturally. It's like you, you guys seem like you you great partnership, but like have you had to work on and learn how to communicate better throughout the problems and the issues and like communicate in a way that you both understand where you're coming from, but it's not – yeah, 100%, I think hundred percent.
0: Definitely, yeah. we, we just met, so we're still working each other out. Let true, alone let true. alone going into business and becoming business partners a month in. So we were still working out like how to communicate with each other on like a like a normal level, and then through business. So like it kind of intertwined all the things. It yeah. honestly, uh, like last probably end of last year, the relationship was getting so much about business, business, business. And we were just talking about business all the time where we've kind of like left the relationship behind. Yeah. And then we like, Jess, like Jess pretty much said, like we need to. F-
1: I was like, we're not going to have a relationship pretty soon. Like if we don't start working on this, like we'll be business partners yeah. and that's it. And I like, if that's where we want to go, then we have to keep Like if, if we want to end up there, then we keep going in this direction. Otherwise like, we have to stop and, it's and not actually intention- take time for ourselves <laughs> and to have time together
2: and how Um, do you do that logistically is it setting time that it's not so it it, it? it, it comes down
0: so shout out to my my best mates Casey he's like do you guys have like a calendar that you follow I was like oh look we got appointments and stuff he's like no no but like do you have a calendar for yourself like time for yourself time for your relationship and I was like no I don't so then we built a calendar yeah we're like in the mornings from five to seven a.m is like Individuals like time, Jess and Tyson. Time like she, if we want to work out, work out. I usually go for a run, go to Pilates. She might do the same thing. She might go for a run by herself, whatever. And then, what the main thing that helped our relationship was after a certain time, we made a rule that we can't talk about Mister Potato. And, and it's we not don't, easy obviously
1: th- don't always follow it <laughs> yeah, because yeah. sometimes. And, and the best thing was is the move when we moved to Sydney. Um, the office area that we've got set up is literally on the bottom floor of our house. So it's like we we go downstairs. That's where the business is. As soon as we walk up those stairs, it's time to switch off as much as possible because oh, you know how it's it is not easy. Though. Because
0: yeah, you know how always, it goes yeah. as a business owner. You start, it's like fucking three AM in the morning. I wake up. I'm like, we need to cut the potatoes better like this. <laughs> Just like, babe, come on, relax. Like last night, yeah. Like you're guilty. Of last night, oh, yeah, Literally there. the
1: other night, goes, I rolled over and said. Babe, I've thought of our
0: new breakfast menu. Yeah, I'm like <laughs> I'm literally, literally just dozing off and she's like, Babe, 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 I know what to do for our breakfast menu because we don't have one. She's like, and she starts explaining. I was like, Babe, yeah. fucking hell. It's like, mm. it's like, like I think you
2: need to do that, but there needs to be certain yeah, times. But, like but what the, it was
0: though, yeah. it was from It all never stopped morning yeah, until we go to sleep. It was just stopped. Mr. Potato. Eat food, yeah. talk about Mr. Potato. Finish watching a movie, talk about cut it, like stop it, talk about Mr. Potato, Mr. Potato, Mr. Potato. Mr. Potato. And it was just like we have to make sure we're healthy and that we're happy as a couple because that ripples through the whole business massively. Mm-hmm. So, And
1: you said before you asked um, like what's something that you've had to learn to be able to communicate, you know, with each other. For me it was because I was so independent um, growing up, you know, I've been on my own pretty much since the age of like 15, lived alone, not used to asking people for help. Even in my old business, you know, I was, you know, I never asked anyone for help so um, coming into business and then working with your partner, it was like I just felt like I had to do everything on my own and was almost ashamed that if I asked for help, then it was a sign of weakness. And I've had to really learn, like, no, you need other people around you and you need other people that have other skills. Um, you yeah, know, that that's
2: It's, what, it's that's a protection you. mechanism though, yeah. right? And then you 100%. you got to open yourself up to that, right? Yeah. I was the same in, yeah. in, in, in certain situations as well. 100%. Like, yeah,
0: see, I came from team sports background, work within a team my whole life. I know that it's you, you can't be afraid to ask for help. People have done what you're trying to do before. You can learn from people. Why make those mistakes when someone else has already made it? And that was difficult for me for Jess. I was like, Jess, this person can help us. She's like, no, we don't need any help. We can do it ourselves. It's like, <laughs> Jess, but that person's done for No, well, I can figure it out myself. It's like, yeah, you can, but that's going to yeah. take this amount of time. If this person's done it, we can learn it in straight away. Like you can – bypass that and she's like but, yeah. that took a bit, but That's yeah. It's also
1: come from a lot of people just doubting what I wanted to do and our visions, like even as I said before, you know, our own our own shareholders told us, you know, you, you can't be dreaming like that. You know, you're you're living in a fantasy land and we've gone and done it. So mm. I feel like I've just I know what I see in my, my mind and my vision is usually not many other people can see that becoming a reality. Yeah, that mentality. So,
0: if Jess was any different, that Mr. Potato probably wouldn't be here, you know, like that's helped us get to where yeah. Jess have another business and do this. It's just like having a little bit of a balance, whereas I wasn't a big dreamer, a creative person, so I can brush off on Jess now and start to think, well, maybe we actually can have a thousand stores in 10 years. Maybe we actually can do it. We've yeah. done what said we we're will. gonna do this time. <laughs> like that's the plan. The plan is to have a thousand stores in ten years. With like
2: even still the way you say you were and you're like, Yeah, the yeah, plan is yeah. it's like, it's yeah. very different, you know. <laughs> I'm
0: like, yeah. But there, you
2: need that's honestly doing, that's yeah. that's part of the recipe of a good partnership. Yeah. If both were the same, Definitely. it wouldn't it would like yeah, consider if we were both I would
1: we were, be a nightmare working with myself. Yeah. Oh, honestly.
2: So <laughs> imagine like, if we were both
0: creative dreamers nothing would actually get executed yeah. properly. Mm-hmm. And if we were both like me, we probably wouldn't dream big enough and you'd probably still have be one, on the first store. Yeah, still have one, it, store, yeah. have one successful run very well first store. That's it. Yeah. Like it's a very good combo. We are opposites and that's why we work really well. Um, but we have the same vision. So yeah.
2: As I always say, um, I'd hate to be a twin. Like I couldn't deal with another person. (laughs) I could not deal with another. That's why I don't want to have kids. I'm like, I'm
1: petrified of having children because I'm like, I really like. What if they end up exactly like me? And I just think back to how I was. (laughs) I'm like, I know that they'll do really well, but I'm also like, I don't think I can handle like what I was
2: like. I don't have enough patience (laughs) to deal with a a mini me. Yeah, that's funny, Jess. That's funny. What about you? You were speaking about like learning from other people. Is there a piece of advice or a direction or a tip that either um, any of your investors gave to you guys that like helped reshape your vision or move in a different direction? Because is Jack an investor as well? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. 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 He's he's a shareholder. He's a sales guru, and to learn from him, it's been awesome. He actually helped with our whole sales process for when we get franchises. Yeah, um, we wrote. He helped us write the process. We spent a lot of time on it. We perfected it, and then that's how we've, that's how we've found um, probably sixteen new franchises this year. So, yeah. but um,
1: I guess our number one piece of advice was you just you just have to go out there and you just have to start like start small it doesn't have to be perfect the first time. You just have to like get the wheels in motion and just, you know, whatever it is that you want to do, just go out there and start doing it because people wait for the right time. There's never going to be a right time, right? It's like it's always going to be something that's holding you back. So you just have to push through those barriers and just, you know, go out there and and get it done.
2: Not only the right time, people try and wait for the perfect time and that's definitely never
1: never a perfect time. Yeah,
0: yeah, we find like we should have waited, like technically you should have had the business plan perfected you should have had the cash to start the business you should have had experience we should have done this should have done that but we just jumped in all in yes we made a million mistakes at the start a billion mistakes we didn't know what we were doing but that's how we learned and we just as long as you can Absorb everything and keep learning. Yeah. Then you and, can and grow
1: learn from the mistakes that the, you make. The key, the key I is, think the worst yeah. thing is is when you make a mistake and then you don't learn from it, and then the universe gives you the same mistake yeah. again. That and you're is one
0: hundred percent the worst <laughs> thing to
2: do. Do you have an example of it? has that happened to you guys oh, at all?
1: Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, I'm trying to give an
0: example. But like that's the most frustrating thing that you do when even for us personally, if you go through that mistake, it's mistakes are completely fine. But making the same mistake twice is something that you just that's yeah. when it's not. Okay. Yeah.
2: Mm, that really burns me as well yeah. if I ever do that in life. I'm like, You've
0: <laughs> done this before. Like and then when you when you're coaching and like leading people as well and you see them make the same mistake twice, you're like, it's gets that's when it gets frustrating. One's yeah. fine, everyone makes mistakes, but yeah.
2: I, I I did I integrated something into my life many years ago. Um, because I, I was someone who always struggled with making mistakes. Not struggled, like I had beat myself up, but i make a mistake. Yeah. Um, and like but then like if I could always find a lesson in it, it was sweet, right? Yeah. But if I ever make a mistake and I still do this now and it helps me a lot, um, if I'm not necessarily make a mistake, if I do something that I shouldn't have, let's just say I was dieting. This is just, yeah. this is not a personal example to me, yeah. but I would do something and I shouldn't have done it or it was wrong. And I ate Maccas, right? Yeah. I would then if I do something bad or, or a mistake and I can't, there's no lesson, there's no value in it. Yeah. I would say, okay, because I've done that, I'm now going to go run yep. 10, 15, 20 Ks. Yep. I will yeah. make up for it in a way completely unrelated, but I will look for a way that I can make, like that I wouldn't have done this if I didn't make yep. the mistakes so yeah. that I can add more value to my life. Yep. Yeah, 100%. Um,
0: yeah, we, yeah, like back on the lessons, every single mistake that's ever happened or failure with Mr. Potato has always been the biggest turning point or always learnt yeah. something from it. It's just like – but that's easy enough to say people always say that. But, like, that at that point in time, it's not easy, you know. When yeah. things are all going wrong, you have to pivot and then you end up growing really well if, like, you don't give up. But that that, that time is hard. Yeah. Um. Definitely. Looking
2: look, looking back, would you have changed the time you launched to maybe wait out some of that or are you glad no you way. launched No way.
1: I wouldn't change a single thing about our journey. Like, our journey is our journey. I'm proud of, like, every step of, you know, what we've been through – um, you know, what we've achieved, what the mistakes have been, what we've learned, um, you know, even all of our failures. Even, even
0: COVID, like the biggest hurdle, COVID, COVID was sucked and it, it financially hurt us a lot, but it made us refine the whole business yeah. and then now it's functioning way better than it ever had. So the best thing that ever happened was that yeah. for, our, for our business to function better, we wouldn't be able to sell as many franchises if we hadn't fine-tuned the stores that we had yeah. to perform better and the only reason we really focused on that like to every single dollar was because we didn't have the money to spare. So we're like make sure we're spending the exact amount of the money we need to for cost of goods, yeah. the scoop sizes. We started doing everything possible to make sure we can control the wages and the cost of goods and yeah. any we control. Which we which had no
1: idea for like the first year. We are yeah. we just like – Give everyone as much food as they want, like, like serving sizes, what is that? Like, like People that are watching
0: this that are in, in yeah. fast food would like cringe at this, but we didn't even know what cogs were until yeah. when, wow. when COVID yeah. came along. Cost of goods is like packaging drinks and like beverages. The percentage of sales for like a fast food business shouldn't exceed like 32 Ours is running at like forty, and like it is that's not, like we ended up refining it and getting it down. Now it runs at thirty, and it's like that's a big difference. So that's an extra ten percent that hits the profit. Now your businesses are functioning way better. You're more profitable, which has allowed us to expand quicker and yeah. um, get investment and
2: like because margins also, are so important when you're in like your food, industry, yeah. Right? So
0: food, like I, I don't know any food business that operates more than fifteen percent profit in any industry like it's usually between 7 to 15 and like that's it's tight so you might turn over say like i don't know a million bucks but you're only profiting 100
2: and how do you what's your process for finding these inefficiencies and improving your business
1: Um, I think getting to know our numbers first of all was like really important I've never been a numbers person and so it's really hard like I'm dyslexic so that's why I struggled at school so much as well even now like Tyson will say oh can you pay this and I go to write the bank details in I've sent it to the wrong person because I've switched a number around
0: (laughs) oh man the amount of returns I've got like important bills they're like you haven't (laughs) paid this I'm like Jessica, <laughs> don't do it. Let well, you should
2: it. know that's your lesson. Stop out yeah, that yeah, to exactly,
0: We're driving. Yeah. I'm like, you need to pay this quickly. It's like four grand or something. And I'm like, just sure you want me to do <laughs> this? Like, babe, just take, she repeats it out loud like three times. Still messes it up. It's but, like, yeah. this is how it
1: goes. but Tyson's like, you've learned so much through yeah. you know the last especially like two or three years just with you know getting
0: I'm not afraid to ask people yeah. that have done it before like what I should be doing or how they went about things like I first thing I asked you was like what are the cogs of Zambra's run out what are like how do they keep it down what do you you can do We're like, so I'm not afraid to do that and I've always been like that I'll ask other business owners in our first ever stores in Glenelg like how do you guys manage this? How did you do this? And I'm not afraid to look silly because I can learn they've been, even though they're not doing fast food and they've just got a restaurant, say it's all transferable. Yeah. So just picking apart and trying to operate as best as possible, how other people are doing it as well. It's just been like keys.
2: And just wh- where do you think you get like your self belief and like your fearlessness from?
1: Honestly, I feel like, you know, I was born with a lot of this, but, um, my childhood, like I was left to kind of roam the streets and things like I never really had my parents overshadowing me when I was doing things. So I was always creating, I was always, you know, riding off somewhere on adventures. And I think that gave me the ability because in the first seven years, right, it's your imprint years. So those are when you're, those are the years when you're literally, you know, becoming the person that you're going to be and, you know, you're learning your values and your beliefs. So I think because of that time, I was able to just, become kind of who I was and create in my own way without having someone like constantly, you know, saying, no, that's not going to work. You can't do this. Like that'll get you hurt. Um, I think that was what was able to made me just have this kind of fearless, fearless nature to me, but you can teach yourself to do it. Um, I
0: was the most fearful person and then I met Jess and she's the most fearless person Yeah, and it's contagious, man. She never thinks of anything bad. She never looks at a situation and thinks something negative is going to come from it ever, like just always going to work out. Which is probably a little bit
1: naive sometimes, but I'm like, what is the point in thinking negative about it? And I also believe that, you know, if you have a negative thought, if you replace it with a positive one, then, you know, that's 20 times um, more powerful or something. So Mm. there's no point in staying in that negative mindset. You know, you might as well just – be positive and, and, and how, hope for the best. It's you know, contagious. like
2: how how have you transferred it and how have you taken it on for people that want to build yeah. their like yeah. self belief and fearlessness? What I think, what like can you a do? lot of
0: the time, like I'm not saying everything always has worked out for us, but the thing that Jess does, if it does, if that thing that doesn't that doesn't work out, she just gets over it so quickly and, and manages that problem as fast as possible and keeps moving forward. So I think it's just yeah, when something does go wrong, just getting over it. And like, yes, it's a mistake. Don't dwell on it. Don't make the same mistake twice. Just work through that one problem and keep moving forward. I think that's what will yeah. allow you to give confidence to keep doing and trying things all the time. Yeah. So because, you know, if it doesn't work out, you're fine. And that's what we keep finding. If something doesn't work out, we always end up okay. Yes, yeah. it's not easy at that I time. I mean, but.
1: every day is a chance to pick yourself up and recreate yourself and, you know, take a different opportunity. You never know, like, where this crazy world is going to take you, you know, it's so many different paths and you know I've been down so many wrong turns you know crossroads and things not knowing which way to turn and it's just a matter of knowing that like at the end of the day everything will be okay you know you don't have to put so much pressure on these tiny little moments you know throughout the day or that you, that you go through, it's, it's, I think we overthink things. And
2: I, I think there's a really cool, um, story as an example of your fearlessness. I believe there's a rusty pram story. Oh, yeah. or, <laughs> Did you, you listen sh- to that? I uh, may, <laughs> yeah, may have. Do you want to tell us like a kind oh, of what that was? What yeah, that yeah, was? Will, yeah, yeah, Okay.
1: So, well, I, so I grew up on Kangaroo Island, which is a little island. Well, it's not little, but it's an island off the coast of South Australia. And like I said, like my parents, you know, they just left us to roam the streets and my brother and I, he was three years older than me. We used to ride our bikes down the big hill that was alongside the house. It was quite steep. And one day we realised that, you know, it wasn't giving us enough thrill. So we're like, what, what can we get? Um, <laughs> you know, we'll kind of like fulfil that. Level this shit up. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> we make so, this more hard? <laughs> yeah, so we've gone into the shed and like rummaged around and found this like old rusty pram and we've taken it up to the top of the hill. And, like, me and my brother literally fought over who was going to get in there first. Like, that's the kind of shit we would do. Anyway, he won this time and it was probably a good thing. Um, (laughs) Anyway, so he gets in the pram. He's, like, we push him down and he's, like, you know, he starts, like, picking up speed, like, more and more and more. And the next minute, like, he's gotten halfway down the hill. He's going so fast. The wheels have, like, buckled and he's just got, like, thrown from the plan the pram and he's just rolling down the hill and we were kind of just standing there like in amazement and at that point in time you know before we got we didn't think about the consequences or what might go wrong it was just like we were following just this natural you know, instinct that, okay, Let how can we, how can we level this up? Like, you know, And how
2: old were you at that point? Like
1: I it was like six. Yeah. So still yeah. in those early years,
2: yep. that's why you'd stuck with you. Yep. Yeah,
1: literally. And, and I think that's, we second guess ourselves so much, you know, and, and society does that to us, you know, society says, okay, um, you know, you have to go to school, you have to get a job after that. Um, don't, Think too much for yourself. You know, here's the plan set out for you. Don't make mistakes because things can go wrong and you know you'll never recover from it or whatever. And I think you know, by just breaking away from that and realizing that you know everyone has an opportunity to decide exactly what they want to do with their life and. And make plans, and even when things do ro- go wrong, like it's an opportunity to learn. Um, like we were
2: saying, so there's a lot of unlearning our generation has to do, yeah. right? Yep. Especially now with the way the world is, there's so much more opportunity, and it's easier for us yeah. to create the I lives agree. we want compared to our parents. So yeah, I agree,
1: hundred percent. Yeah.
2: And uh, what's what's the vision? I, I hear things like the next Subway is going to be Mr. Potato. <laughs> like, what's the vision oh, for the if brand? We could
0: learn. Yeah, Subway have forty-five thousand stores. Not bad. Yeah. Um, they're globally. the biggest in the world. Yeah. Look, we, even we c-
1: they've got a bigger footprint than McDonald's. Really? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Wow. So most people don't know they are the biggest franchise in the world. Um, wow, I did not know that either. Yeah. It's crazy. I think they turn over four point five billion a year. It's um, the lazy four point five billion. No, like um, if we can get Mr. Potato in every single city in the world, that'd be that. That's the goal. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, um, and and
1: do it well. We want our customers to love our food. We want people to love the brand and, you know, and and see like literally what we've built from the ground up with our blood, sweat and tears. Yeah, it's and not in the food literally. but it's like. <laughs> um, and it, it,
0: it, if you talk about the food, it's a baked potato. It's in every culture pretty yeah. much in the world. I don't know too many that don't really eat it. Um, and you can load it exactly how you like. So it does so cater for everyone. Endless, yeah. so and and as well,
2: one one thing, sorry, like that you, you speak about is re-educating mm-hmm. people about like the nutritional value in potato mm-hmm. and that it's yeah. got a lot of a bad rap. Kind of explain it that has. to me. It has, yeah. definitely.
1: Well, like, I mean, over the years, and it's mainly come from like, say the last 30 years when all of the low-carb diets came mm-hmm. on board. So, you know, the South Beach diet, Atkins, things like that, which literally labeled, you know, carbs as like a no-go zone. Um, and I was one of those people, like for 10 – or so years when I was in the modeling industry, like I didn't eat carbs. I was that girl that would pick the toppings <laughs> off of pizza. Like yeah. that's oh, that's where I was at. And yeah, it's just about re-educating people because like a potato actually has more vitamin C, uh, no, sorry, your daily recommended vitamin Vibrancy. I didn't
2: see intake. Yeah, it has intake. more potassium
0: than a banana. People don't
2: understand Yeah, that. I did not know that until yeah. I did a bit of research. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so. that, yeah,
0: they're actually loaded. And you got the sweet potato as well, which is like a really good slow-release carb. So your body takes a while to break it down. So it releases it longer, over longer periods of time. Yeah. So you're energised for longer. But this is the stigma of we get a lot of people walking to, um the stores and they're like, potatoes can't be good for you. And then like yeah. we're, we're there, like, <laughs> That's the biggest st- stigma we try and yeah. – we combat. Yeah. Um, but
1: honestly, it's one of the best sources of carbohydrate that you can have, you know, compared to like bread or rice, which is like really low nutritional, you know, values. There's, you Definitely. know, minimal minerals and vitamins Definitely. in that, whereas the potatoes packed with them.
2: So so you got Newtown. Where else should people be keeping an eye out for? Where's coming? Well, so
0: right now before Christmas, there should be Newtown open, Jundalup in WA, um, which is at uh, Lakeside Jundalup Shopping Centre. There's Broadbeach in Queensland. There's Rabina in Queensland and there's Pimpama in Queensland as well. Yeah. I think and it's Pimp, Pimp, uh, Pimpama.
1: I think it's Pimpana? Pimpama. It's, I don't know. Yeah. Pimpama Gold Coast Pimpama. people will know
0: that it's, it's a weird word. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: and then early next year we've got two stores opening in Newcastle, New South Wales.
0: So, yep. um, Which is good. We've got one more opening in um, SA. Um, another
1: one in Perth.
0: Yeah, there's like well, there's like 14 that I'm like, um, – yeah. I don't know the ones past. We're focusing on these five oh, right and now. And our first
1: ever <laughs> Melbourne store will open. Oh, it'll do well in Melbourne, yeah. you think, right?
0: Yep. Um, the captain of the southeast Melbourne Phoenix actually just bought one the other day. Oh, see, yeah. so That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. With his network, uh, it's going to be great. So. Yeah. You're leveraging the
2: basketball contacts again? Yeah. There you go. He's actually
0: <laughs> in my groomsmen. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, just—I yeah. just so happen to be that the only Sydney store was a few hundred meters from oh, my yeah, life. so, so coming so here, actually I drove past it again. Yeah, me. I'll be there, and I hope—I really hope that you make this before Christmas because yeah. I'm keen to try it. Yeah. I genuinely, before I knew anything about you guys, I was. And my mate messaged me when I put that story up. Um, he's like, make sure you ask him when Newtown's yeah, open. That's awesome. That's great. We've been keen eyes for yeah, it. I know that's there's
1: great. been so many people messaging like every single day, like five to 10 people being like, when's it opening? When's it well, opening? That's the no, thing. Like, we've been waiting the, so long. No, yeah, like, we're,
0: just, we're not just getting those, we're getting guys, you said it was going to be open. We're so <laughs> like, this is good. They're keen, and then they get like, Passive aggressive. Yeah, honestly, is it ever coming or what's going on? <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, we're we working like our ass off to get this open for you guys. Like,
2: it, it, it sucks <laughs> that it's not open, but at least you're in like a really high exposure yeah. area, yeah. so like people like know yeah, yeah, that it's coming yeah, it's and good like to sign, Yeah, you want kind of people to be like too many people be like, what the fuck? Yeah. We're yeah. Not opening versus yeah. you open and there's yeah. no one. It's just good. Yeah. So, 100%. Um, and for everyone that wants to check you guys out, Mr. Potato, where's the best place to find you guys?
1: Uh just on Instagram or on TikTok or our website, Mr. Potato. Yep. Um, yeah. We'd cool. love to have you follow us. Um, and then yeah, for Instagram for our personal, yep. for our personal accounts as
2: well. Where you're at follow on Instagram? What's your what's the name? just I, shout them out, <laughs> shout them Mine's out. Mine's just at Tyson Hoffman. It's easy.
1: Mine's Jess Davis. Ost. <laughs> don't even ask me where it's come yep. from. <laughs> I because
0: Jess Davis is a very popular name. Yeah, super
1: frustrating. <laughs> so I had to buy
2: my um some little kid in, uh, not little kids He's like yeah. a few years, like I don't know, twenties in Canada. I think had yeah. my had my username on like. Because I just want a Dylan Mullen. Yeah, uh, so that's like, what Yeah, yeah, on like Twitter and Instagram, and like <laughs> I had to find this kid and I message him and like I pay out like oh, good, good, a hundred bucks. See, there's uh, a girl
1: with my name, Jess Davis, right? And I've inboxed her so many times. But she won't reply. She, like it's just a dormant account, and so then I've like tried to report it. But
2: my name <laughs> the never goes. The well,
1: things we do, right? I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah my go name's go. Tyson. Like. T- Tyson, H O F F M A N N, that's how you spell it. But on Instagram, I've got three N's because someone's got. Got there. Mm-hmm. He's never post or anything and I'm messaging all the time like, hey <laughs> yeah. man I'll give you a hundred bucks for yeah. it yeah, like, no like, why not, uh, <laughs> soon I'll probably yeah he went hopefully he's not listening but I'll end up offering like a thousand bucks like dude just give me the freaking thing I want to have it nice and neat <laughs> yeah
2: uh, the things you do yeah. um, that's it first of all problems guys we'll yeah. wrap it up there thanks yeah. so much yeah. for coming in for sharing you so your for story us. For us. Um, I'm keen to try food so I'll be I'll be there I'll be a customer for sure yeah, um, we'll and good soon. luck for the next year thank and all the for, new store openings thanks for having us I'm excited to follow your journey along thank you there we go. Sick. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode or you got something out of it, do yourself a favor, do me a favor, do your friends a favor and share this with them and they can come along on this journey with us. Thanks again and I'll see you next time.